Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Big Opinions, the panel. Well, it's not quite uh, really a showdown like Australia v England at the moment, but it is TVNZ versus uh, News Hub this morning. Uh, Kimberly Downs joins us from uh, TVNZ and from across uh, the fence, uh, News Hub. But we welcome in uh, James Regan uh, this morning. And James, I think we'll start with you, actually, because England are in such great shape after day one. We want you to start on a positive note. Uh, let's talk about the Ashes, shall we? What, what has happened there? With, what has happened, James, with that decision? Uh, to bat first? Honestly, no idea. I mean, so much anticipation and hype, uh, as always, for an England fan going into this. You think you might be able to get something, but I, I don't know. I have no words, honestly, what Joe Root is thinking, why Stuart wasn't playing, but, yeah, just atrocious. And, uh, yeah, probably going to hide in a hole for the, for the next four days, I think. <laughs> find somewhere to hide well uh, that, that would be nice but you'll get people like Kimberly Downs coming looking for you because um, she loves a, a great story and uh, Kimberly Downs we waited we've been waiting for the ashes it's always an appointment on the calendar that cricket fans sports fans like but from an uh, English point of view what an anti-climax Oh, Smithy, to be honest, you have made my day just with that intro because uh, Jimmy and I know each other fairly well and <laughs> if there's a word to describe his attitude in the build-up to these ashes, I think cocky would probably be it. Um, unwarranted, though, it may be. So it's, uh, it's a satisfying morning for me already. Um, but, yeah, what an easy climax for the English. And I, I you know what, I mean, to be fair... To James, I have my own admission to make, which is that we did a bit of um, an office, I guess, betting pool myself. Um, Guy Havelch is obviously a big cricket fan. Um, just to kind of pick what we thought it would be at lunch. And stupidly, I went about 80-odd for two. Um, so I had to kind of eat my own words there as well a wee bit. Um, but, you know, great, I mean, great story. If the English thought the Aussies would be rattled by all of the scandal and controversy in the lead-up to this series... Uh, they were sadly mistaken, like you say, the decision to bat. While at the time I think was kind of applauded, within half an hour was made to look somewhat foolish. Um, and you know, once you get the Aussies on a high, I don't know how you bring them down from here. No, I don't know how you bring them down from here either because it's a, I mean, right from the very first ball, which was uh, shocking. Uh, look, there was an upside for me though, uh, James, in this. And uh, it, it, even though he didn't score many, it was really nice to see Ben Stokes back out there. And until he got out, 
he looked pretty much uh, in control of the situation mentally. He looked, his technique looked quite sound, got a, a toughish delivery, but uh, I think he'll build from there quite nicely. So not all bad news. Yeah, absolutely. And you certainly got a sense of, uh, I guess, a little bit of hope when he came to the crease and he did look like he hadn't been away from the game at all, considering what he'd been through over the past few months, taking that break away from the game. I think it, before the Ashes, he said he didn't think at one stage he would ever get back on a cricket pitch. So to see him out there was was great. He looked good uh, until I think the commentators mentioned his his efforts in the World Cup final and, and jinxed him and, and he got out. But until then, yeah, he looked really good. And it was good to see for, for him personally uh, as well. There were a couple of other highlights. I think Josh Butler... Uh, played really well, considering it was his first time in Australia. But, yeah, not uh, not a lot of positives, certainly, to, <laughs> to take from this one, even for me. OK, let's uh, change tack a, a wee bit, Kimberley. I had a delightful interview this morning with Sula Fitzpatrick, who was uh, the winner this year of the uh, Dame Lois Muir Award for the Supreme Performance in New Zealand Netball. Now, this is a really nice story, uh, not just for netball, but for Sula herself. Oh, absolutely. Um, and how much do we need, you know, these wonderful, inspirational sort of stories at this time of year? I mean, she is fantastic. From She openly admits the, the lowest of the lows that she's been through, from struggles with alcohol, with depression, with wanting to give up on a game, to where she is now. And she is, she is just such an influential, inspiring leader within every team that she plays for. She carries a huge amount of money, and I can't think of anyone more deserving of winning that award uh, this year. And listening to her last night, after she won it, it just, it, it always strikes you that an athlete is really genuine uh, and when they put their emotions out there, and she was such a lesson in just saying, you know, just keep getting up, just keep getting up day by day, even when you don't think things are going your way, when you don't want to and just taking it day by day. And it's just, for me, it is such a lesson in never giving up, regardless of what you've been through. And like I say, just one of those really heartwarming, inspiring stories that we need at this time of year. Yeah, we do. Um, and uh, the other thing I take out of that is just uh, uh, I've had such a, a wonderful time on this uh, particular station talking to women uh, in sport. Uh, I'll get back to that too. Uh, Kimberly uh, and, and James after the news with Trudy because I think it's worth uh, just mentioning briefly just how easy it seems to communicate uh, with our women in sport, whatever role they play, uh, as opposed to our men. Uh, it's, it's quite revealing. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. James Regan, Kimberly Downs are the panellists this morning. And just getting back to that point, uh, Kimberly, am I wrong? Am I uh, the, the lone ranger here thinking that uh, it's been a great year for women's sport, but a great year for women communicating in sport? Um, no, no, I don't think you're wrong. Um, I don't think it's, it's strictly this year either. I think by and large, a lot of the time, and there's probably a few facts go into this, our female athletes uh, happily for us are pretty open, pretty honest, pretty genuine um, in the discussions that they have with the media. I, I wonder whether part of that comes down to, I guess, traditionally um, less coverage, basically, of, of women's sport. And so a lot of the men's teams and players within those teams tend to see media perhaps more as a bit of an obligation, whereas the women are 
feel a bit more compelled, I suppose, to tell their stories when you come to them. I'm not sure. But I, I, I do think that we are really lucky to have a lot of female athletes and across a lot of sports, be it uh, Sulu and Netball, be it the Blackburn Sevens, be it um, our other individual Olympians, your, your Lisa Carrington, your Olivia Cole, your Dan Valerie Adams, all of whom are really um, beautifully eloquent, beautifully articulate um, and have wonderful stories to tell and don't mind sharing them. Um, so I think we are really lucky in that way and long may it continue and I do think as well probably in the media space there is now more safe women to be telling their stories and, and doing so in a way and knowing uh, that they're going to be heard and, and listened to. James, from, uh, from your point of view, um, have you have you experiences uh, with men and women that are differing, or am I just sort of um, uh, just talking about my own personal experience here as a, as a male interviewee, interviewer? Yeah, I think Kim pretty much hit the nail on the head in the fact that when we get to speak to these women, it's usually about um, a success, and then they get the chance to reflect back on on maybe any struggles they've had in the past, but we do get incredible access to them, and um, they don't maybe get the media access that the men do, which, you know, men, uh, the players would go through a lot of media training and maybe um, stick, to the, stick to the book in terms of answers, which is uh, a bit of a shame sometimes. You do get a lot, of, a lot of blokes that do take the chance to open up every now and then, but mm. it, it is certainly a different kind of feel with, with interviewing these female athletes because they do take take the chance to be a little bit more vulnerable as we heard before with, with uh, Sulu's interview here and, and you could hear the emotion uh, in her voice and I guess it was so refreshing just to hear her open up like that so I think there are differences but that's probably as well a bit of a reflection of, of wider society when it comes to that kind of issue uh, James uh, you'll be interested uh, in the appointment uh, of Tohu Harris as the captain of the Warriors coming up. Now, there's, uh, there's a bloke who's had uh, a decent story as well and uh, quite inspiring. Yeah, yeah, the right choice, the only choice probably for this, for this team, I think. He's such an unsung hero, but he's such uh, he's a player who's held with such regard within the team. He carries so much mana, mana in, that, in that side. And, yeah, the only choice probably he's uh, got a bit of an injury. He's hoping for a, a return in May, I think, which will... It's not ideal for Nathan Brown on the side, but certainly it's the right appointment and probably the only one who could really go in and fill Rogers' uh, Rogers shoes after he left to, to rugby. But, um, yeah, a lot of tournaments within the side and to have someone like Tohu be able to lead that side is, is certainly giving a lot of hope to Warriors fans, I think. How do you think, uh, James, uh, the, the Smith, Brandon Smith, uh, Melbourne Storm scenario is going to going to play out now uh, what's the last chapter going to be stay with the club or get out of here I, I think he'll he'll stay for the season definitely it looks like he is going to go to the Roosters obviously but he he would have been given a probably a, a good dressing down from Craig Bellamy about that interview whatever way you look at it I don't think the Storm looked at it too kindly it was um, in many eyes pretty disrespectful to be talking about other clubs the way he was when he still had a year to go with Melbourne who was such a good such a good unit, such a good machine and, and have such a good culture. So I think he'll definitely stay on. He's such a valuable player for them. So he would have been given a talking to and probably a bit of a spray from Bellamy but I think they'll move on and, and they'll just get on with the job and 
he is such a, a good character in the game. It would be a shame if this whole episode maybe quiets him down. Uh, we didn't see so much of Brandon because he's such a good advertisement for the game. Whatever you think of, of the interview and what played out over the past couple of weeks, he's, he's so good for, for league across New Zealand and Australia as well, remembering he's a Kiwi. Kimberly, uh, I, I just wonder too, I, I look at this story that's just come out in the last day or two uh, involving uh, the women's rugby situation where a player has uh, basically um, had a crack at a coach on, on a, you know, on an outlet. Uh, we have had nothing back from the coach itself, nothing back um, from New Zealand rugby un- uh, other than the fact that they'll take a look at it. Uh, but is, is there a little bit of a trend developing here, a much more public uh, outcry between coaches and players and vice versa? Uh, is it becoming much more a public issue, a public domain? I think you probably could argue that. I think that, I mean, specific situation is obviously um, pretty tricky in terms of some of the allegations that have been made. Like you say, NZR is um, doing its, its role in investigating those. I think more broadly, we are probably seeing more of a willingness from athletes to speak out when they're unhappy. There is probably, probably a bit of a, a shifting attitude around that sort of thing, whereas once upon a time, once upon a time I suppose, um, you would almost take it for granted that, you know, the coach is going to be pretty hard-nosed and get pretty fired up and you would just take it on the chin and move on. That's not necessarily these days um, expected or acceptable position. Um, and it's okay. And that's probably something that we're all kind of learning and, and, and growing and trying to understand more. I do think when it comes to these situa- situations, there are a lot of factors involved. It's a pretty nuanced um, conversation, I suppose, and in terms of how people react to different things, what motivates different people as opposed to what sends them in, into a bit of a spiral. So, yeah, I, I do think more broadly that athletes are willing to be a bit more open about these things, and I think that's a good thing. I think we've seen ramifications in the past of what happens, you know, when people try and bury these things uh, as deep down. So we'll see where this one leads and we'll see what happens. But I do think, and it's not just, I should say, a New Zealand thing either. I think that globally we are seeing more and more athletes take on uh, or have a bit more of a powerful voice or recognise the power of their voice. Um, and I, I don't see that ending anytime soon. Mm. It's, it's quite deep-seated, James, uh, from the you know, way you look at it. I mean, highlighted by the, the likes of perhaps uh, Simone Biles and this whole system uh, of uh, the gymnastics in America. Then we bring it back home. We, we see it uh, also as well. And, um, yeah, uh, concerning, I, I think is the word, concerning, um, uh, concerning trend. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the first thing I have to say as well to anyone who kind of speaks out, um, with, with how they're feeling or how they've been treated, especially when it's in a, a team environment when there's other people potentially affected. It is, you know, well done, and, and that's incredibly brave to do so. I think it's also it's good, as hard as it may be to, to see and digest the, the players, fans, for everyone. Uh, it, it's great, and it has to be done. It, it doesn't matter who you are, I guess, or, or what team you're coaching or anything. If you are not treating people right and you're, you're not of um, encouraging that, that positive culture, then, then you should be called out. And anyone who takes the chance to do that uh, should be commended 100% because I, I guess it goes to show as much as we maybe think we know a team and, 
and we've obviously had an incident with the Black Sands earlier in the week. We, we don't really know what goes on behind the door, behind closed doors, and, and with anyone who is able to speak out, it, it's incredibly great because they're putting themselves at the end of the day on the line. As much as they're doing a, a fantastic thing, we don't know the implications of what's going to happen. So they, whoever does it, it should be commended 100%. Uh, to a question, a very quick question for each of you as we say goodbye. Uh, Kimberly Downs, first of all, uh, should Neil Barnes be uh, Domestic Rugby Coach of the Year? Um, absolutely. Is that even a question? Or we, it's not a debate, is it? Well, I'm, I'm just... Of course, I just, of course. You don't have to, just, you don't have to justify it. it was, I, I kind of figured you'd answer that, answer that way. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to justify and, it, though, Smitty, if we've got the time. <laughs> oh no, we haven't actually. That's why I just said very quickly. Don't you, didn't you pick up on that? Well, very quickly. Yes. A simple a yes point. would have done. I've got a, uh, a, a, ten, a ten point statement that I'll uh, send to you later in the day. Well, please do, and, and make sure you add another ten points as to why the, the the men's team didn't even make it into the team of the year. Perhaps you've got ten points, a uh, different kind of <laughs> ten points, points for that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> 20 points, okay. I'll wait with bated breath. It's a Christmas present. Uh, and James Regan, uh, a question for you. Uh, will you get a wicket today, England? Would you get one wicket today? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think so. I think we'll bounce back. As much as it probably rocked us yesterday, I think uh, Ollie Pope will come out firing. And, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot to happen today, I think. So maybe not what people expect, but we'll be fine. Okay. Uh, we look forward to that. Uh, thank you very much, uh, both of you, Kimberly Downs uh, and to James Regan there, Jimmy Regan, for uh, your part in the panel this morning. Very funny, very enlightening.